This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They're incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard, and that's what I slept on for like years. I thought I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more or like I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like oh I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense and truly the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made or like the apotheosis of adult living like you can live with comfort with temperature regulating the funny thing is i thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life that there was no sheet that could help you with that your body just went through wild temperatures and that just you know sucked and you had to just deal with it but you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets they're self-cooling for better sleep they're also this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like, luxurious. Um, They're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth. (laughs) Graduate from those, you guys. So go to try miracle.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's T-R-Y, try miracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash fake the nation. And at the checkout, use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels and you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them. Fake the Nation, episode 282. Hello, hello. Welcome to Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we strap mini beer-sized ornaments to the Christmas tree. I am Nagin Farsad, your most Christmas-forward Muslim podcaster. And I just found out that the age-old American beer brand Miller has, in fact, created mini beer-sized ornaments. And I really want to applaud this innovation because it is called a... Wait for it. Beernament. Yeah, they're called beernaments. And that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening to Fake the Nation. Uh, We really don't need to do more because everything from this point forward is epilogue. And in that epilogue, today, we're going to talk about uh, dads and paternity leave and the long boom. 
But what's really important about the show is how excited I am for the people who have joined me today. Oh my god! Joining us for the first time, clearly not the last, because I can already tell this guy is just so fun. He's a podcaster, he's an actor, you've seen him around, but you should be immediately subscribing to his show, Minority Corner. He is the wonderful James Arthur. Hey, James! Well, hello! I mean, famous last words. I mean, you, you maybe you maybe spoke too I know. soon. We'll be I know. seeing a lot of this guy. Uh, don't you worry. Uh, it's sort of like a Magic you... Johnson show. He kept being like, "We're going to be around for a long time, everybody. Get ready." And you don't hear the Magic Johnson show. Um, you know what's funny is that you could have told me that story in many directions because I don't. I would have said, "Oh, is there still a Magic Johnson show?" Like I actually have no the, idea. Spoiler alert: It's been gone. It okay. barely lasted. <laughs> season and boy did he have high hopes so anyways i hope i won't magic johnson this up we're gonna yeah i know cut verb. cut to james does only yes and no answers to every question <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it safe gotta keep it safe um, he's like i thought this was a multiple choice podcast is that not what we're doing <laughs> no. um okay but it, guys if you are excited by james being on the show now yeah. you get to be excited yet again by our second panelist he is a comedy icon i was just so, 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 so excited. We got to do a, um, a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me show recently together in Chicago. A, it was like one of the first live shows on the road. B, this man is just so fucking amazing. And he has a movie out now called Joyride, which I saw last week. And it is so great. You can see it on all the streamings. It is the one and only Bobcat Goldwait. Hey, Bobcat. Well, hi. Thanks. That's uh, very kind. And uh, but you know, <laughs> I I didn't realize when you met me that you were uh, excited. That, that I mean, I mean, <laughs> I just I honestly what? assumed that. I just no. I mean, you were polite, but I I didn't. You know, I just assume people don't know who I am, and and I have many reasons for that. I are you I, out of insane. your mind? You were no. every like. I mean, a legend, legend. Okay. Yes. I was. I think I also was trying to be cool. You know, but, James. But don't you I, try and be cool when you meet legends? Like hundred percent. And then cool. I usually say something really dumb, and then I have to like yeah. run away and cry. That's usually. it's the worst when you meet some. I remember meeting. Uh, Elvis Costello and I couldn't mm. talk and, yeah. and he's uncomfortable <laughs> he's trying to fill the void and he finally goes you have an album out and I go yeah and he goes your face is all elongated on it and, and I go <laughs> I go elongated <laughs> and that was it so only thing, and it just got weird and he eventually left I'm, t- I'm telling a long-winded story I'll try to make it fast so then a few weeks go by and it's like 2 a.m. and I'm at a fancy hotel in San Francisco and the elevator door opens and it's him and his wife and and I go yes and walk off the elevator <laughs> wasn't even my floor <laughs> wasn't my floor just go yes <laughs> but how I, perfect let me go- you're you're like a mystery oh, man. It's yeah, so, yes. So funny. Maybe it's I was also, answering the question. You have an album where your face is elongated. Uh, I finally answered it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's also hilarious because like your movie, Joyride, which I really do, like James, you got to see this movie. It's, it's not just like, it's, 
you know, it's 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 Bobcat Goldwaite. I always I get nervous saying your last name because oh, of the worry. letterings. Huh? Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. I, I, my look, my whole life. For me, you're yeah. just you're like a Madonna share. You're just Bobcat. So right, it's you're just Bobcat. Time. I actually never say your last name. But anyway. Who needs so, it? You don't need a last was, name. You don't need it if you're, you're Bobcat. Bobcat, it's Bobcat and Dana Gould on tour together. And it's so joyful a to be able to see two old friends doing comedy like stand up together it's like i've it's not done usually and this was really like it's just really joyful but it's also this um this like fascinating history of american comedy from like the 80s till today like it's it's it does so much this movie um it's both heart it's like both a heartwarming friendship and this really amazing snapshot of of comedy um well, so thanks. I, I don't know i really it's I, I really a, you know, so it's crazy to me that you were nervous to talk to elvis costello because during the movie i was reminded by just how like fearless you were you know um especially like in the 80s and in the 90s right. when you were like you know all over but the it, place but it is strange it's like i uh it's just it's just the people that i i can't explain it it's like um uh, I used to be friends with David Bowie, and 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 I wasn't a kid that grew up worshiping him. So uh, he invited me to see. Remember the Glass Spider tour? Do you remember it? Mm-mm. It was ridiculous. It was so pretentious. He comes out. He comes flying in on a, <laughs> on a spider. Okay. It was. It As was one a, does. It was a stadium. <laughs> it was. It was. A, and so Tom Kenny and I went and. And he goes, so what you what you think? And I go, it was like watching Pippin. And he goes, what? I go, it's like watching Pippin. And Tom thought it was more like Guys and Dolls. And uh, you saw Bowie like trying to trying to simulate what is going on. Like he, he had to go through a Rolodex. What is this feeling? Oh, someone's making fun of me to my face. Like he hadn't <laughs> had that happen in so long. And, and then he and then he laughed. And, and then we and then. And then we became friends. Was, but uh, but him, I, I, lo- I love meeting people that for whom it is like, yeah, other people have, you know, nervous feelings in their stomach, but I don't. I love that because then I could just say whatever and treat them like a person, you know. Um, folks, let's get into the show before we do. Yeah. Um, oh, we're not in I the want- show already? Is this we're the... <laughs> <laughs> James, this will this all be. Is... This is all cut out. This is okay, all, okay, all right. Oh man, it's no, like a it's super soul be... session with Bobcat. No, 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 this is going to be in the show. This is going to okay. be in the show. We haven't got to even topic one yet, but it doesn't right. matter because, like okay. I said, legend. Uh, it, we we had to have a moment. Um, Two legends, I... if you will, uh, oh, will okay. not be uh, left behind. James, <laughs> let me see how you do on this I pod. Am okay, riding before Bobcat's we go, coattails from here on out. I'm in the sequel, Joy. Ride, joy joy ride, ride too. Still, yeah. Still, still riding. I was going to say still joying, which makes no sense. That's because yeah. James, I would love to go on tour with you. I would love to do the sequel. It'd be great. Again, yeah, we, because he go. can really prove to be a dud of a panelist. Hey, you well, really hyped me up. You can't hype me up and then take me down literally three minutes but and 20 seconds back. later. But, but Joyride was just, you know, two old white guys traveling around the South. There wasn't much excitement. 
Yeah. We need a black gay. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's 2021, that would... Bobcat. We got to. I know. You know I know. I mean, you don't want to get. Look, I even I felt guilty doing it. It's like, finally, two old white guys get to, get to say <laughs> what they want on stage. It was awesome. I didn't think that once. I love it. Oh, well, that's it. good. Because also you're seeing comedians who are so fucking effortless on stage. And that's not something you see with like, you know, a 22 year old. It's just not, you know, so that's the other thing that's nice. Not we, to say that you're not 22. No, uh, no, no, but we, you're easily we definitely 23. No, it was the least sweaty show. Like we were yeah, not. Like like it's a, yeah, it looked just fun. It just yeah, looked so like, fun. We weren't going, I hope we make it. <laughs> <laughs> which is the vibe that every other comedian on the planet is giving, which yeah. is why it's sad to be around comedians. <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to blow your ass through your face. I'm reinventing okay, well, the comedy special. Let me try and start the show. Okay. And <laughs> Good luck with us, Joe. <laughs> um, and, and as we do, actually, now that we're talking about tours, one question for the audience out there, Fake the Nation audience, is I'm going to be touring in 2022. Where should I go? I want to know where my people are. Um, so hit me up. I have a sense, like a mile, you know, I've done... Um, tours in the past um and i've and i've seen many of you but i would love to to come where you are so hit me up um you're being given homework and let's get into it with topic number 0.5 which is not the first official topic of the show but anna who is a grad student in global health epidemiology um wrote to us by the way i love that we just casually have um you know epidemiologists and epidemiology students and we have uh, phds in virology like straight up that email me when I'm wrong about stuff. Um, and, and Anna stated the reason, you know, I had stated that a reason to be hopeful um, is that the Delta variant was bad, but it like ran its course. Um, so the new one may do the same. And I think I sort of meant, again, not a doctor. So what am I saying? I think I sort of meant ran its course like it just wasn't trending like on Twitter <laughs> or in in murder it wasn't trending as a like a murder for, for like it had its peak and then it sort of stopped anyway I don't know what do you how do you say those words but anyways that's what I sort of meant but Anna pointed out they don't just leave right like they do stick around um and it's cool she said that it's very likely that the majority of new cases in a few months may be of the um Omicron variant but vaccine and antiviral manufacturers are already on it and are testing their drugs on the new variant, developing new ones that are more effective against Omicron. So that's definitely promising, she writes. And I feel really good because she probably has, she she definitely has more information than I do. She's a scientist. She's exactly, she's a scientist. (laughs) Pfizer says, um, and I just saw a headline today that Pfizer said that the third dose of the vaccine protects against um, Omicron. So uh, Omnipop, Omerion, whatever. We had a lot of names for it last week. That's a better name. I agree. I like Um, Omarion. he was okay. an R&B singer. <laughs> right? Damn. And you know what? So Just like that, he of. went away and so will it. <laughs> um, all right, folks. So that is just a little bit of a... Um, just to clarify and a, a little reminder that I am not a doctor nor a scientist. I'm just some lady. All right, here we go into official topic number one. So we talk a lot about what mothers need when it comes to maternity leave and we don't uh, give it to them. So I don't even know. It's like we talk about it in a way that we don't want them to have it. Um, but, you know, the person that rarely comes into the picture is dad. We rarely talk about dads and paternity leave. So I thought we'd spend a moment discussing that. And we read a piece in the Times from 
researchers, um, Darby Saxby and Sophia Cardenas, um, or maybe Cardenas, uh, that makes the case that we need to include dads into the conversation. So before we get into some of the things they found, which I thought were really interesting, um, I wanted to ask, well, uh, James, are you a dad? Not yet. What are you, my mom? Like waiting for, <laughs> where's the kids? When are they coming? It's so hard. I have to say, like back in the day when I was a young gay, when there was no prospect, I couldn't get married. I couldn't have yeah. kids. Oh, now, was so much better then. Got, no, it just was like, I didn't have to have that stress or worry. Now we've got rom-coms. Like gay marriage was a bad idea. Like now oh, I I'm, yeah. I was I was the best man in four weddings this like past like two years ago. And like always like it's my own like rom-com. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, it's sad. So, no, I'm not a parent. Sorry, I got triggered off of that question. Okay. (laughs) Well, the only reason I ask is because I know, Bob, Pat, you have a a, a kid, right? Yeah, my daughter, Um, she's an an adult. My daughter, she's a costume designer. But would would I've liked to have time off when she was born? Right. Like, did you take time off when she was, did you do a paternity leave when she was born? Well, I mean, stand-up comedy, so it wasn't, like, so hard. But, yeah, I feel, you know, it's so it's so weird, the Western civilization, the idea of, of time off or stopping work is so, it's disgusting to people. Like, you know, like, if someone's not working, they're a loser, they're a bad person. They don't even, you know... It's like you're supposed to pound out a kid and then go back to work. And like, that's a champion move or something. I don't know. I, you know, I was watching the, the Beatles doc and, and, and when they were playing on the roof, people were like going, but what about the stores? <laughs> it's like, what? what about, yeah. Hey, 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 what happened to work today? Ah, the Beatles played on the roof. So I had a half hour off. Like that would be the worst <laughs> thing that could happen. Why aren't you back to work? The idea that it's weak it's insane. What are you doing? Well, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, to hardwire a human being. How about a couple yeah. months to get a, get a shot at that? And how about a, a couple months to figure out what to do? I mean, well, you know, the ba- hilarious thing is Bobcat. It is not even the baby that is being hardwired. Although obviously yes, but the thing that the research indicates is that it's the actual men's brains that change and they become like more awesome people. I'll just I'll just give you some some of the stats. So according to the research, the experience transforms men's brains and bodies. Men's hormones shift before and after childbirth. And it's evidence that father's brains um, reflect the transition to parenthood. So it's basically spending time with your newborn infant changes you uh, into being like an actual dad. Yeah, I, I think it's like a physical thing. I, I think it's like a chemical thing. Like before my daughter was born, I was like, I know I'm going to leave her on the roof in a car seat and take off and drive, you know, on the roof of the car. You know, I was just always afraid of what I was going to do wrong. But then when I saw my kid, I was like, oh, this is why I'm here. Oh, right. 
the the chemical change is real. Like they found a study of Spanish fathers that um, post-birth remodeling of a part of the brain that was linked with social cognition. Uh, So they found literally the brain changed its shape or whatever, its beeps and boops, um, Mm -hmm. and created greater neural change, which predicted stronger responses to infant images. And so men who worked more hours and, you know, and didn't spend as much time with their infants, their brains showed less of a change and then responded less to images of infants. So they were just like less like aware of infants in need or whatever. You know, so hearing this just now and also reading the article, well, two things come to mind. One, for someone who claims to not be a scientist, you sure do sound very (laughs) scientist-like. And the second thing is, is when I read this article, I, you know, I just thought, well, duh. Like, I mean, it was like a sentence into it. It just was like, well, duh. And what I do appreciate is that the article backed it all up with science, but it just kind of makes sense. Like what Bobcat was saying is just like, you're telling me that if I spend more time with my kid, I'll be more bonded with my kid and we'll have a better relationship and a better connection and that they probably will do better. It'll put less strain on the marriage. Of course, like if one parent is like out, you know, having to work and to make ends meet sometimes. Right. Um, and then the other one, it puts such a strain on, on the family dynamic there. Couples. So it just makes yeah. sense for couples. Like it even was talking about how for, it helps with, um, for the for the mothers who a lot of times the burden is being put onto them um and sometimes they're struggling with postpartum but they found that the fathers who um also took leave it lessened um that strain for for, for the yeah mothers. no in fact 26 they were 26 percent more likely to stay married yeah. if the wow. dad takes even a two one or two week paternity leave isn't that crazy? I and find that's just that one or two weeks, statistics. right? Yes, Which is like not nothing. even a drop in the bucket. Like you really need those. That's like, like a, some sick days. I mean, it's really nothing. <laughs> that's um, like going to Michigan to be on a lake. <laughs> I know that a chemical change happened in me. Like I know right. it. I felt it. Like it, it, it kicks in, and I guess I was I was around my daughter a lot, especially when she was tiny and 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 uh, born. She, her mother was ill uh, when she and and my daughter was ill, so I spent all my time with them, I, I, my daughter. But I also know that uh, this change it was definitely felt physical, but I also know that the other thing is. It was also the first time I ever had any killer instinct because uh, I brought ooh. the baby home. I brought the baby home and there was a, a, a mouse turd in the kitchen and <laughs> I've never killed a thing in my life. And I was like, I'm gonna, that. And it was this giant rat in my head. It was good. It was a baby eating rat in my head. And I was, I had trapped and all of a sudden I heard a, a trap got set and I, I run in the kitchen and it's this tiny mouse, but I'm just like, I got a, I got a, I got like a, a broom and I'm like, you, it's you and me now. <laughs> like I was going to kill this mouse. And that was not me. Uh, I was going to kill this mouse. And then, you know, I just swept it out the door. But it was the first time I was like, yeah, I got to kill that thing. It's going to get my baby. It's going to give it a disease. It was all. That's the the nature of it. A friend of mine, she when she first had her kid, I and then like maybe like a year later, there's something there's like the the 
the things that take over that make you like naturally want to protect this thing that you have created. Cause she looked back at like early pictures of her kid and she was like, we thought our kid was so cute, but it was like not, <laughs> but nature like in your mind is like, it's so cute. I must protect yeah. it. It is mine. But then you look back, you're like, what is this little yeah. alien that I was so yeah. in love with? But you had, it had to happen. Like there's a natural nature thing that happens yeah. where I must protect this thing. You it's know, why we, think- it's why we like keen paintings. You know, they have these big eyes and they're helpless. Totally, totally, totally. Um, You know, but it was, I I obviously like I'm a mom and I experienced a physical change for many reasons. Um, But the research finds that forgetting like that there's less of a strain on the relationship. I think there's also less of a strain on, on mothers. They found that mothers showed better mental health trajectories when their partners took paternity leave. And I don't know. So, so, and I'll tell you about my own um, postpartum situation. I've actually never, like really mention this to uh, publicly or to, to many people. Um, but there was a few, so there was a period of, of three months that during when my baby was a newborn, that my husband was shooting a show in Morocco called Homeland. So he couldn't be around. So it's not like he didn't want to be around, whatever. We made the decision that he had to take this job. Like I wasn't going to let him not take that job because he's an actor and we both know you get a job like that, you gotta go. Um, and, you know, we we went to Morocco and visited him for a little bit and whatever. And, and, and it worked out just fine. But I was really stressed out and I didn't have basically any maternity leave. Um, I was out like on sets and, you know, and at auditions and doing stand up, like within a few weeks of giving birth, um, you know, and again, it's like, we're in this world of like, you kind of have to do stuff when it comes and you can't really say no. And it's just a, I mean, you can, but you can't, and it's a whole thing. So I was experiencing more anxiety and it actually felt like crazy levels of like chemical anxiety that I'd never, ever experienced in my life. And I went to my, uh, you know, OB and I was like, like, dude, this is nuts. Like, I feel crazy and I have to do, I have to perform in front of sometimes really, really, really large audiences. You got to help me out here. I feel crazy. And she said, oh, yeah, postpartum anxiety is really normal. Um, you know, take a, a thing. I took like a really like child sized dosage of a thing because I'm 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 like always scared of taking things and but that seemed I was so desperate to feel okay and so I you know and I wonder if um if Homeland didn't get in the way of my <laughs> my husband's ability to parent uh if I did if it, if I possibly wouldn't have needed to take that if I could have handled the anxiety but um but you know so for a few months I took a thing and uh and and I and I was able to get through that time and then my husband came back from Morocco whatever I mean generally I don't recommend having you know, a partner in international waters while you're, while you just had a C-section and a baby, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, so I, I, so this thing about the, this, you know, they did these, these studies about women, um, whose partners didn't take leave and how they had, there was, there was, in Sweden, there was like a drop once they started offering, uh, paid, paternity leave there was a drop of you were 26 percent less likely to get a prescription for an anti-anxiety medication and i was just like that makes sense to me just Mm. on a personal level 
Well, God has blessed you for making it through and you, you, you went through, sorry that you, you went through that and we don't have systems in place yeah. to help support you. And especially in our industry, like this industry, it's so challenging. There's, there are, there's no days off. There's no sick days. There's no like mental health days really. And we have to keep pushing through and it's, it sucks because we don't even have a society or we don't have a structure that would even support the people in like the nine to five sort of structures. Yeah, and right. Never not, mind the people that are freelance. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so interesting is that you hear certain folks who are such rabble rousers are like, oh, it's about the family. We have to protect the family. If they really wanted to protect the family, they would invest in structures that actually protected the family. But it's not about, we would put money into schools. We would make sure that like a new, like it takes a village, right? And you have other cultures who really support and know that like, that it, it's an entire village that supports and raises a child. And we're struggling because it's so much the individual. What happens to that person doesn't have the support structure for it. And so if we really cared about the family, we'd be putting money and funding into schools and, and daycare and parental leave for both of these parents so that way they can come back and, and into the workforce or into the world being productive members and, and and helping this new child that we want to also support our new system, how, give them a, a running chance. But it's not about protecting the family. It's about protecting power and status quos. Women, you raise the children barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. We're going to go off to the men's yeah. smoking lounge, but only a select few who could even afford to get into that other class of things. Um, well, folks, uh, let me know what you think. Did you take a paternity leave? Uh, did you not? Uh, did you feel your this, the shape of your brain change uh, after you had a baby? Um, did, did you also have more of a killer instinct like Bobcat? <laughs> um, Look at those past baby pictures. Are they as cute as you think that they were at the time? Just kidding. Just kidding. You know. All babies you know are what? cute. I stand by. You know that. what? Yeah. You know what? Uh, it turns out I've been digitizing, uh, and and she was cute. I was convinced the <laughs> other way. I was convinced that she was ET, but it turns out she's adorable. No, but they all look really uh, weird. That like at, right after they bust yeah. out, like they sure. look weird because they're all misshapen and fucking. But yeah. nature like, tells well, you then. it's cute and to protect it, which I hey thank thank God that that's what they did. Yeah, you know? like how like, we yeah. protected ET. You know, exactly. we did. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it comes must back have been to producing like... some sort of like alien pheromones to be like Drew Barrymore protect me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, that's just the it's it's uh, through. <laughs> There was, there's clearly people that like should should I eat it? What should I do with it? And uh, <laughs> those that those people didn't survive. <laughs> it was the ones that said, "Hey, we should be nice to this thing." Yeah, those those people. That's so it's instinctual. That is what I guess I'm trying to say. We've come a long. Well, we have to we have to change this idea that if. If you stay with your children when they're born, uh, especially for for males, that that you're weak or that you're mm, uh, mm, a hippie or mm. that you know that that it's a it's cowardice even is what it's looked upon. This is insane. Spending time with your kid, we have to butch it up. So you know, what I mean, like, uh, what are you a fucking pussy spending time with that baby? <laughs> yeah, like you have to we like know that have, old refrain. Yeah, if the nurse, if the if maybe we just start calling nurseries uh, the gun range. 
You know? So it's like, where were you? Oh, I was at the gun range. Oh, okay. For, for, yeah, that's for great. two months? Yeah, I was at the gun range for two months. You know. <laughs> All right, folks, let me know. Are you on board with calling at the gun range? Um, we're going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we will talk about other things. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh, folks, I mean... First of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. But that's headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Nagin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that it found for me once oh, that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way, but you know what? It might. It also lowered a bill for me. Lord, my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's one of the actually best things about it because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%. 5 million users. It has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as, that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a, yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. We want to tell you about a podcast we think you're going to love. It's called See the Thing Is, and it's hosted by Grammy Award winning R&B artist Bridget Kelly and media personality Mandy B. Every week, Bridget Kelly and Mandy B offer grown, honest, and slightly toxic perspectives on all things music, pop culture, and of course, dating and relationships, which is my fave. Do you have a hard time finding new music? Are you a millennial who misses what life was like in the 2000s? Are you interested in multiple perspectives on relationships? and dating? Are you interested in a non-male bashing podcast that holds both sexes accountable? See, the thing is, is a podcast that allows space for a wide range of thoughts and emotions. Most recently, the ladies sat down with Big Frida and Chloe Bailey and just huge names. Van Lathan, who's one of my favorite people to listen to, to chat about movies. So the conversations they're having are phenomenal. Join Bridget and Mandy every week as they update you on everything going on in the world with their polarizing hot takes. Subscribe to See The Thing Is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. We are back and we're ready for topic number two. But since we've been just doing so much talking on this show, it's almost like topic number three or four. Um, who's counting? Apparently I am, as I've been doing for like 282 episodes. Here we go. There was a piece in Wired magazine in 1997 where they talked about the era between 1980 and 2020. Um And they basically posited that because of the internet, quote, we're facing 25 years of prosperity, freedom, and a better environment for the whole world. Uh, So this was the, this was the, what they were predicting in 97, that by 2020, we will have seen this unprecedented, you know, uh, era of prosperity, but deep within the crevices of this epic piece, and it was a long one and it had many facets was a section of 10 items that could get in the way of that prosperity. And someone tweeted those 10 items, and some of them were like oddly prescient. Now, before we get into those items, I'm going to highlight a few of them. I just want you, I want to take you guys back to 1997. Um, We were probably all (laughs) different ages. Where did you think of of the future in these glowing terms at then the dawn of the internet. Oof. I was listening to the Spice Girls and watching Buffy. Um, nice, nice. I, I think that's as far as I was. Maybe try my grandmother was the only person that had internet and I was just using it to look at porn. Um, but it was like not, <laughs> it was just so pictures. The, so yeah, an, and a, a, like a utopian future of <laughs> And, uh, I mean, what I've seen now is it's just gotten, the porn's gotten faster and better. <laughs> you, you were like, one day this porn will load faster, and that is the utopia yeah. I want to be in. Bobcat, yeah. were you, what were you aware of at that time when it came to um, th- what you were, ex- the prosperity that you may have been living in, in, as, in at the dawn of internet? Well, I was always a curmudgeon, so I didn't think what it was going to be like in the future. I, I wasn't watching Buffy, but I, <laughs> what was I, 97? I guess I was, uh, uh, oh, I was one of them grunge comedians then. So, um, 
No, actually, I, I think I, I was watching one of your shows at the time too. <laughs> you were doing the voice. Um, what was it? Happily ever oh, yeah. after. I ah, was the voice. Love that I was the voice. Show. I was the voice of the dirty rabbit. Yeah, I love that, that show was, so much. So I was watching you. That's what I was doing. Yeah, we were the. Uh, uh, that show was uh, the. There was a hundred and four shows uh, on produced uh, on that on with all the networks combined, and we were a hundred and four every week. Wow! <laughs> I feel very we're, proud to be one of those viewers who is keeping yeah. the lights on. I yeah. lived for that show. So I was the voice of a of a stuffed bunny rabbit, and uh, but like people would come up and they go, "Hey, you're on that show where you're the talking bear," and I'm like, "No, I'm a, it's a I'm a I'm a rabbit." <laughs> Was it Mr. Floppy? Wait, can I tell you, can I tell you, people are so weird about like animated stuff because I'm on this show um, called Bird Girl. It's an adult swim show that you can see on HBO sure. Max, folks. Yes, and yes. um, and and my character, like during the premiere, we had to do this like YouTube like commentary thing, whatever. And people were like, "Is Me- Meredith? I'm the Me- Meredith the Mind Taker, obviously." And uh, and I'm green. You know what I mean? I'm like another worldly figure. And uh. And everyone was just like, is Meredith pregnant? Like, what's up with that stomach? I was getting body shamed through no. my animated character. Oh, no. I was like, can you guys leave her alone? I cannot believe I have to defend the sveltness of an animated figure. Yeah. Who is a green person? Like, let's stop. Okay. Um, getting back to back 97 to and where you were no, uh, I didn't, with the I, future. I didn't. I can honestly th- say I just didn't think, you know, I, right. I, I, you know, maybe like, like I was never on MySpace, so maybe I saw. I, I, oh yeah, it's, MySpace was that around? Yeah, maybe. That's probably around the birth of it, wasn't it? It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to track Dane Cook's career, but I, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I, I think we're not thinking about what people do when they're when they can get away with it when they think they're not being viewed and and you know we we thought this would be a place where people would be exchanging brilliant ideas and and, and I'm right. sure some of that's happening but but instead it just emboldened a lot of hate and, well, you know, let's it's talk funny about, it's like yeah. I, I've never been on Facebook and and um people are like wow you know Facebook has this 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 obligation to for the betterment Facebook was started by a bunch of you know Ivy League bros so they could objectify women and they're going oh this I'm really surprised this thing fell apart (laughs) this this thing was about it's just gross bros like saying who's got yeah she's got a nice helmet yeah we did imbue the founding of that company with like too much of a moral objective it did not really have that um sweeping ethical moral objective uh, just some ivy league pigs you know I, I am a curmudgeon, aren't I? I <laughs> well, that's okay. To get into your, the, the, this was the, the curmudgeon section of this piece, which is you can you can read the 1997 piece in Wired. And it's funny because I've actually very rarely gone back to look at something that was predicting the future to see how well they did in that prediction. Um, so this was maybe the first time I've experienced this as a reader. I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't read that. I was too young to read that article when it came out. But like, I you know, looking at it now, it's just like, wow, that's, you know, some of, a lot of their 
um, predictions, you know, made a lot of sense and were right. Like they had a whole section on biotechnology, you know, the they were talking about how they knew the Human Genome Project was going to be completed in 2001 and then DNA sequencing was going to be a big deal. And guess what? It is a big deal. They were gonna, they talked about being able to create drugs and, and medically therapeutic responses to stuff in r- rapid time. And guess what? We had a vaccine in rapid time. I mean, so stuff like that, they were absolutely uh, on the mind money about um they talked about the ascendance of china but one of the scenario spoilers to their you know utopian um vision was for example that that there would be tensions between china and the united states that would escalate into something like a cold war that seems to have happened i mean we just decided to diplomatically boycott the olympics right so um so there's something about that what did what did you think of the 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 china scenario spoiler i guess for me with some of these things and i I don't want to poo poo on this uh nostradamus human being person who who wrote this (laughs) article back in like 1997 Uh, but to be fair they were the premise is is that they're like there's going to be this they're talking about this 40 year period and they're looking at it from 1997 and where we're going to go in like the next 20 or so years i mean they're kind of in the middle of the story and kind of right right exactly i I see this person's probably like very into like science and technology and kind of see where the trends are, are going um you know I think they and some of them I mean am I gonna poo-poo someone who didn't like nail it on the head they're like we're gonna get to Mars and we technically have something has landed on, on to yeah, Mars yeah, yeah 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 um, so I feel like yeah I mean you can see where the trends are going like if you also just look at like human history two powers growing together you can see the economic boom of, of, of China and what's starting to develop there um of course there's got to be a class between egotistical America and anybody else trying to come up and Snatch her crown? Mm-mm. Well, and here's one that I thought was really interesting because we experience. So th- one of the scenario spoilers that they talked about possibly ruining the utopia was a major rise in crime and terrorism that causes the world to pull back in fear um, because people don't if they're being blown up, they don't want to reach out and be open. And we in nine <gasps> oh, eleven, yeah. right, comes yeah. four years after this article. And it makes me wonder if it wasn't for 9-11, would we have just coalesced around American leadership and and the ascendance of democracies around the world? And would it have been just like a really way more beautiful, like the UN becomes more effective and we just become more of an international community in Kumbaya? Like, would that have happened if 9-11 hadn't happened? I'm confused. Gonna... So, so you think nine eleven was caught was perpetrated by the two people that wrote this article? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Because that's where we're at now. I said that out loud. Boom! I've got a Joe Rogan booking in my future. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Bobcat, this is where our, we, I will not be back for the trilogy. I'll be back for the sequel, but not the one. You know what the thing is that the, the one thing that this article I think missed for me, and I could tell mm-hmm. I'm gonna make an assumption this is written by, by a white person. Um, and just because they, two, I think really... it was two two white dude, maybe. Okay, I, yes, I don't yes, know yes. if they're white, but they're two surprised. dudes. Wired, 1997. Yeah, they didn't hire <laughs> the first black person until 2017. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And so again, you have that progressive leaning that sometimes I always say that sometimes some of my friends are so far to the left of me that they're back on the right. Like you can go so oh, far yeah. on oh, the political yeah. circle, right? Yeah. And so there were just some things that like were kind of mentioned. There wasn't, I love, like, I absolutely think the article closes that you, we must have optimism for the future. I absolutely agree. But I think part of the problem is, is that like a lot of things that you're seeing now, the chickens have come home to roost. Like Americans never dealt with its 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 um um uh, caste system that's based on race. It's never really de dealt with slavery and things like that here in the in this country. And so we these like you still would have had like you know these uh, racial inequalities, um you know uh, um police violence or, or gun violence, all these other things that the article doesn't really address and it's very much like kumbaya we're all gonna make it but one thing is it's kind of an elite standpoint who gets to participate so much of like these things the article is talking about um is but who gets to participate in that so much of capitalism which is founded our version of it founded upon slavery which is how america was able to accumulate so much wealth we're still addicted to free and cheap labor so there's so many people who are going to be missing out on this sort of utopia it's very sort of hunger games ish right so the, the so then the your capital. point is any any of the um predictions that were being made in the middle of the story in 1997 were premised by not critically looking at you know the the, the racism that was inherent in in the formation of like everything because even the point that you just brought up because it says oh crime and terrorism are going up i actually believe like the crime is less in in a lot of the, our, our cities yes. than it was in the 90s right yes. so Nah, you, can we give them yeah. both credit on that? Of course, terrorism's going to continue to go. I mean, we've done fucked up the entire world. People are are, are angry, and and it's got to come out. So right. I, I mean, know. it's it's also right. I think part of like the era of the '90s when we didn't necessarily, or like in in the, in the '80s, the '70s, where we didn't necessarily hear about the stories mm. um, that the of the cia's covert yes. i mean those things don't come out for like 10 15 years that like the cia was in afghanistan or whatever you know what i mean like those are all things that take time um to well to, but to, uh, to, i mean to actually come out and be reported but it, it's it's what what's not predictable. you know first of all yeah the 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 guys behind wired go yeah everything's gonna be great for us first of all all I remember is a lot of fighting. <laughs> it's basically a bunch of white dudes that wanted to fuck elves. Um, that's that's. <laughs> they were just like now, now, now we're closer to being able to have sex with elves. So, um, you know, the na what what wasn't figured into is 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 the we all know that uh, a negative story, a fight, all that that gets traction, and and that's the problem with how fast we communicate and with how many people we are communicating with we're not uh stepping back and saying is this an idea you know we're just it's just vomit you know it's just traction you know and you know a bar has never cleared out because they said someone's rushed in and said Two guys are getting along in the parking lot. Let's watch. <laughs> you know, I'm um, going to start actually now. I'm going to lay down the gauntlet. Hey, everybody, look, two people are hugging outside. Let's watch. <laughs> um, right. But, but, and then I think, uh, Bob, get the point of yours that I don't want to forget before we move on from this is that 
that we thought the internet was going to be like a delightful place to hang out and exchange ideas. And the one thing, which is the scenario spoiler that I think they're right about, is number 10, a social and cultural backlash stops progress dead in its tracks. Human beings need to choose to move forward and they just may not. And that is that is exactly, I think, what, what you have been uh, driving at. Yes? Yeah, I... I... I think there was an audible gasp from both of you when I said I've never been on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I was really shocked about that. <laughs> never. I don't even know how it works. That's um, awesome. It's That's changed. Awesome. In my day, it used to just be like I'd look at the cute pictures of the boy I had a crush on, and that was like it. And then I next know. thing I you know, my mom's on here, and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Sign of the go. apocalypse. Time to go. She's just discovered Instagram, and I... It, dang it. Uh, Nightmare. My aunts have discovered Instagram. I can't handle it. But I actually can't handle social media at all. I, I, for, my, our, for Minority Corner Instagram, spoiler alert for our corner kids out there, I don't handle any of it because I wow. don't have the emotional maturity. Yeah. I feel terrible. Every time I go on social media, yeah. the worst about myself. Yes. I'm not booking this, or my yeah. body doesn't look like that. And it just, like, for these the, the youth, they're all also experiencing this too and so i think like yeah. one thing that the article and of course the guys from wired are gonna be like technology will save us but like we as human if we don't fix our human selves first it doesn't matter the tools that we use these are tools and so i think what is really happening is like the the ugliness of the of human nature or the insecurity or the fear or the way that we've set up our culture it's 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 just being exacerbated by the tools that we we have we are not ready for the tools that we have at our disposal we're not we're not ready for them and we don't have systems in place because even with all of these systems these technologies whatever companies are able to latch onto it first and make their billions of dollars and control them are, are going to benefit and leave the other people behind and so the inequities will just only continue so it's really this is a moment of time for us to have a real awakening and it goes back to our last conversation of of really looking out for one another who do we really want to be i was at an indigenous talk last week for um indigenous heritage month and they said in america it's so much about my rights, my rights, my rights, which has its place, but in their culture, it's about my responsibility. And if we, what if we all walked around thinking, what is my responsibility to the earth, to each other, my neighbor, that person across the street, it would be, and then how do we use technology as my responsibility to others? Then let's go forward. But we may, we need, we're far away from Star Trek, which Star Trek is this yeah. utopia world. There's no money needed. There's well, except for the Klingons, that was a little bit racist. Well, it's, it's, it's this idea that, that the, uh, the pursuit of happiness, the idea that taking care of each other doesn't lead to happiness, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Real, right. Real fulfillment. Real fulfillment is 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 taking care of each other. That's, yeah, I mean, shit. We've been saying I've this. Yeah, been. yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. And 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 you know, again, not to keep promoting your movie, but you you talk about that a little bit on Joyride. That like the amount of fame that you had wasn't what was make you wasn't making you happy and that you no. turn you know and then when you turned away from that and it's interesting because I feel like everyone is experiencing this is a crazy take everyone is experiencing a micro version of what you experienced as a really famous person in America like everyone's experienced that on a micro version through social media 
and they can't take it. They just haven't gotten to the point that you've gotten to of like, I'm not on Facebook. Where you walk away. Where, where you, you walk away. Where you fucking walk away. It's a, it, I'm at the point in um, <laughs> war games where the computer <laughs> is playing chess. Uh-huh. You know, I, Stay there. I, I know That's I saw, a beautiful place I, to be. Don't go I know further. I sound like a letter, but it's, this has been a lot of, a, I remember, um, this would be a very name droppy story, but I, uh, Eric Idol is a, is a good friend and Eric Idol and I were talking and I go, you know, I, I go, I don't know. I'm a, I, I'm a, I, you know, look at my, my life, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a house. I don't, cause I walked away from all this stuff. He says, mm. you could have a, you could have a, a mansion. You, you know, you could be directing sitcoms that's offered to you and you could be doing this. And, and you have directed you know, sitcoms. Yeah. And you, you've walked away from, you know, these relationships that didn't work, you know, it's because you're a, you're a dreamer and you're a believer. And, and I was telling this story to Billy Connolly and he said, or you're a, a loser. <laughs> he goes, did Eric point out that you might just be a failure? That you're a loser? <laughs> and I just, so, he goes, let me tell you. He goes, when Eric, when Eric Idol of Monty Python was saying that to you, yeah. were you in his mansion? I go, yeah, yeah, I actually was in his mansion. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what's funny it was Eric that 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 Eric actually did say something to me one day like I was getting all stressed out about an audition he goes you know you can just say no you don't have to go on this audition and and it was this idea that I could just not I don't have to um uh be chasing it you know they they have like at a racetrack when a the the mechanical rabbit when a dog catches that mechanical rabbit at a dog track it, it no longer wants to run um uh because it realizes it's fake oh. and uh and i feel like i've caught the mechanical rabbit a few Oh, but they, they, that's they, but that's they, really big yeah you know, it's like that's oh a- this isn't gonna fix you you know it's funny uh. it's like it's it's everybody in show business uh, feels like they're getting a raw deal from the barista to to m- my friends that have won Oscars. They're always like, oh, the, like the next one's going to fill the hole. And it's like, nah, man, you know, you just got to, you know, it, it comes from happy. It, and that's what it kind of going to this stuff of like, it seems like a lot of times when the article was talking about is that like, it's all these external things and we're just our need for more and more and more. And so if we just get really present that everything that we have is that, that enoughness, you know, right. sometimes I, the first thought we have in the morning is I didn't get enough sleep. That's your first thought in the day is I am not <laughs> enough right there. You're already filling up your hole with like, you know, that, that, right. not, that not enoughness. And yeah. so it's gotta, it's gotta flip. Yeah. And it's a similar experience of like, I wasn't, you know, the dry spells in the industry, right? And yeah. I was working on a show um, through Marvel. I was on, I was hosting a um, weekly show, and some politics happened. I wasn't, you know, doing anything with them uh, at the time, and I was complaining. And at the time, I had done like a ad campaign for. Um, I think health insurance. And I was complaining to my friend. I'm like, oh, I'm not working. Da, da, da. He's like, there's your face on a bus. And I was like, whoa, the universe <laughs> yeah. was like, shut up. You're doing fine. If you were to talk to like your eight year old self of all the things right. that you've done, right. they'd be like, what? 
You live in your own house and you get to go to bed when you want. Shut up. Yeah. Like, you know, you like, had sex ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that idea of just like we keep wanting more and more and we already have enough. There's this book called Subtraction and they did this experiment that most people will try to add instead of subtract. Um, they had these Lego blocks and they were like, make these both of these Lego blocks the same. And 80% of people added to the Lego blocks to make them the same. And only 20% of people took them away. They didn't right? realize that. Oh, wow. You could but, just you know, take something away. I was, uh, I was performing at a, <clears throat> a, a indigenous people casino Ooh. up in the <laughs> northern part, northern part of Minnesota. And uh, it was in the winter and I had a PA that was what they used, the PA they used to call the bingo game on. And the microphone stand was attached to the mic and it was about a foot high because it was sat on a desk and they give it to me. They go, go out there. So I'm out there. (laughs) And the only people that showed up was the actual folks from the tribe because they took snowmobiles in and everyone else couldn't make the gig. And that was funny. Yeah. And it and it went downhill from there. And the next <laughs> the next day, the next day, oh, I love these uh, stories. I was talking to uh, Robin Williams was my buddy, and I was talking to Robin, and and he had uh, performed at the White House for I think Clinton's <laughs> second inaugural. And it was the and same. <laughs> and he's like, so we're on the phone. He's like, well, I I really got rat fucked. I got they really fucked me over. They made me do two shows last night. I go, oh. <laughs> Hey, so when you're performing at the White House, did the PA work? Because I was. was did they need uh, snowmobiles to get to the gig? Yeah, but you know, it, uh, but you know what? You know what? There was an open mic comedian that was like, "Oh man, I wish I had that sweet gig yeah. at that casino." Uh, totally, folks. So let nice. me know. Uh, this this show has taken on forms that I absolutely did not anticipate, um, <laughs> and it is it is quite quite beautiful. All right, folks. That is the end of the show. What a remarkable show! All of it amazing and so fun. And it was amazing and so fun because of the two of you. And so I would really love for listeners to be able to follow you in all of the work that you do. James, where do they do that? Yes. Yeah, so make sure to subscribe to Minority Corner Podcast, where we dive into pop culture, news, history, all from an intersectional lens. We have a lot of fun. It's like this. It's pretty much. It's pretty much this. This is the same same show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just weird. Uh, and then you can also, I guess, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm not really selling this. I'm at James don't Arthur feel M, you Am I supposed to? I need a follow. Yes. Too? <laughs> don't right. don't don't feel dirty. <laughs> Uh, and also you can ch- catch me. I sometimes host things for Marvel Entertainment. Most recently hosted the Marvel Eternals uh, premiere. So you can wow. catch me there. Too. Oh, ooh, fancy oh, yeah. fans. Very fancy. I also have Please. a movie, I forget, it's on Amazon Prime and it's on <laughs> Apple TV. It's called Shit and Champagne. I play the character of Sergio. Shit and Champagne! The best title I've ever heard of a movie. Um, Shit and Champagne. Definitely watch that. I will be watching film. it. Oh <laughs> it's my like God. A drag so check I out. can't wait. I cannot wait. Bobcat, where uh, do you want people to follow you? Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm. Uh... VHS comedian in a TikTok world. So <laughs> look out for his look to the sky for his smoke signals. Is that the title you know, of your next special? Because I no, love that. 
No, it should be, but I'm, uh, yeah, so I'll be uh, selling uh, VHS copies of my stand-up specials <laughs> outside, uh, in my trunk of my car. Uh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Joyride is a documentary with myself and Dana Gould that you can get on uh, Amazon or iTunes, anywhere you stream stuff, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, I uh, I'm out in the woods here, but I actually I wrote a children's movie, so that will hopefully be the next thing I'll go make. Um, yeah, and Bobcat, who does a terrible job of like of of, of talking about himself at all, is also has directed basically all of your television that you watch, and um and and this movie Joyride, I just I just saw it, and I just. I just enjoyed it so much. And it's also just like watching two comedians at the peak of their powers is just some, it's just like next level enjoyable. So, um, so definitely, definitely watch that. Um, and folks, you know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. You can see a bird girl on, uh, HBO max. If you haven't caught up on, on your first season, we're actually taping a second season right now. So that's very exciting. And, uh, I also have a movie third street blackout. It's streaming on Peacock. So, you know what, what all three of us have movies. Don't brag. Okay. Like there's no, (laughs) um, and just don't forget your homework, which is to tell me where you think I should be stopping by for my tour. I'd love to come to your city. Um, And uh, so let me know where you're at. And Christmas is coming up, so don't forget to shop local. And and don't shop not local. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the, that's how you say English. Um, and uh, let me see what I would really love to do is thank all the wonderful people that make this show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Danielle Jones, Wesley, our fantastic sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, and all the great people at HeadGum. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. Ooh, don't forget to rate and review the show. I, I'm going to... Uh, Get back to reading some of the reviews next week. Um, But if you review the show on Apple Podcasts, it really helps people find the show. So definitely do that. You've been writing some wonderful reviews, and I'm so grateful. Uh, You can email us at fakesanation at headgum.com with any ideas that you might have. And thanks so much to everyone who's been joining the Patreon. You can join the Patreon to support the show for as little as $1. And for as little as $4, you get free stuff like bonus segments, uh, T-shirts, our infamous We're Only Doing Optimism t-shirt mugs um i mean there's just a bunch of fun stuff that you can get by becoming a patreon member you can do that at patreon.com slash nagin farsad we'll be back in your earballs next week that was a headgum podcast